This is Bill McMinn from Makeable Bible Church, and this is the Way to Go podcast, where we talk about faith, family, and daily life, putting the Bible into practical, everyday terms. Welcome to the Way to Go podcast, Bill McMinn, along with Brad Bropes. So good to see you, man. Yep. I, I always call you Bradley. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. You, you, go, you go either. What do you prefer to be called? Doesn't matter. I'm, Brad is usually just shorter, easier, and that's kind of why I name my kids that way. Benjamin, I can call him Ben. Elijah, I call him Eli. So it's, I like the shorter. Yeah, that we I did that for my two daughters, for Michaela and Cassandra. So then they could have the long official sounding names, but or they could be Mick, Mickey, Cass, Cassie, and then there's Luke. He goes, what do I get? Luke. <laughs> he goes, that's the long of it. That's the short of it. Just yeah. Right there. One word, Luke. So he got to be, we tease about it. Actually, last Saturday we were talking about it. Yeah. You know, names that exact same thing mm-hmm. that you said. So I usually, I've used Bradley on my, I, I think I do say Bradley probably more yeah. than not. Whichever. Yeah, that's, hey, you know, that's how I learned it. But if you had a preference, I would definitely hit the preference. Yeah. For me personally, you know, mm-hmm. I always like to be calling people what they'd rather be called. Yeah, no, I, I mean, if you're feeling lazy, call me Brad. If you're feeling proper, call me Bradley. Bradley, right. <laughs> well, it's like Billy's different than Bradley. Like, yeah. people call me Billy has a different sound from Bill. Like, my, it's William. The only one that ever called me Billy was Grandma. Yeah. Grandma Billy was boy. Billy. <laughs> Billy, Billy. Yeah, it's always made me laugh. You know what I'm saying? Every time she said it, because it, I love my grandma so much. So she could, she'd have called me anything. And I, you know what I'm yeah. saying? I, mm-hmm. I love grandma. Yep. But we're talking about raising our, our children today, yes. which I guess first step is naming them, which we just talked yeah. about. Yeah, <laughs> naming them. Very first thing. Naming them. But in Proverbs 22 6, start off children on the way they should go. And even when they are old, they will not turn from it. And I've actually seen that come to fruition as a parent with adult children at this point. Yeah. I train them up the way they should go. Mm-hmm. And even if they were bucking it at certain times in their lives, they always tended to come back. Mm-hmm. And so I'm glad that they had that biblical base in them yes. to help to guide them mm-hmm. in tough days or when there's darkness or temptation or influence of others, they still had that mm-hmm. nice, solid, foundation under them so i do believe it's important to train them to set the expectations so what do you think about that i mean training your kids yeah definitely i i think of deuteronomy 6 5 through 9 where it talks about whatever you're doing most you're going to be talking to them to them about god you're going to be everything you go through life how it relates to god and and tying it as symbols to their hands bind them on their foreheads and write them on their door frames just continuously knowing why, where everything comes from, who it's right. from. Yeah, they would put the reminders on there. It would be yes. kind of like at one time I had um, a lamp. It was made a pottery company out in Philadelphia, and when I was in that area, it said, raise up your children the way they, or no, it wasn't that one. It was says, for me and my house, we will serve yes. the Lord. It's the one it was. And sometimes people have that kind of stuff where they'll have a scripture verse or something hanging on a wall, mm-hmm. and that was kind of the thing. It's just whatever you can do to remind your children. Yes. And I do believe there are valuable lessons along the way, teachable moments that, come along, but it is our responsibility. And I think it's apparent for me and me, my children being in homeschool when they were younger, I knew they were getting a good foundation. They came to church, they Mm -hmm. were getting a good foundation. I would talk to them about certain things, depending on what was going on. I didn't sit around and hammer them all the time because I mean, they're already preacher kids. So I kind of went a little bit easier. Uh, Discipline, no, uh, not so much. I just made sure that my, my rule is simple. When I tell you to do something, I expect you to do it. I don't want to hear a lot of lip about it. I don't want to hear like, and I want you to, you're going to do it right away. Like we had, what we call first time obedience. Yeah. As soon as I said it, you mm-hmm. need to be moving. 
Mm-hmm. Now, I don't have time because if you're running down to the road, I don't have time and I've trained you. I'm going to count to five. Well, sometimes I don't have time to count to five. Yeah. And so one day my daughter was actually on a ride at the fair at the county fair and she stood up. She was like two, three years old and she stood up on the ride as it's spinning, which was dangerous. I don't even know how she could get out of her seat, to be honest with you. It should have been buckled in, but apparently she wasn't. So she stands up and I was watching this. I said, sit down. Use your dad voice. Cassie, sit down. Oh, she sat down immediately. <laughs> I know. I'm going to count to five right now, or I'm going to count to 10. No, there wasn't any counting. It's just when I tell you to do something, I expect mm-hmm. you to do it. So that was, and then you would give moral reasoning too, mm-hmm. you know, why it is. But I just didn't make a lot of dumb rules. Like that's one thing. Yeah. And raising children, I wasn't going to have a million rules. It was just simple things. When I tell you to do something, I want you to do it. And I didn't harp on them about a lot of little things. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, that discipline, making sure that they, know when you're speaking that it means and if they don't understand they need to listen at that moment and then talk them through it help them understand why this is what's going on why i told you sit down on that ride right because you could have easily flew out and right and because kids they don't they don't see that they don't see they're not thinking that way all the time so you have to be the parent and guide them well, you can't let them do whatever they want. I exactly. can tell you that. I mean, I remember my kids when they were, there were certain things. These are your toys. These are my toys. And just setting boundaries was part of mm-hmm. parenting. So if you go to play with the knobs on the stereo, let's say at that time, which I don't even think we use that stuff anymore because now it's like little, you know, wireless Bluetooth speakers mm-hmm. in your phone. But back in those days, like, no, that's mine. You don't touch that. So I give them a little hand, hand crack. Well, the great thing was, like, when my kids were in antique shops with me, everyone would get nervous if they saw kids walking into the antique shop because they're used to kids just doing whatever what they wanted to and running mm-hmm. the show. My kids would come in, touch nothing. And uh, people would say, I cannot believe, like, your kids come in and they touch nothing. I said, because they're used to it. There's antiques in our house. They don't touch them. They're used to They have certain things that's theirs, and we have certain things that are ours. You don't go in and they're, mm-hmm. they're super well-behaved. But you, that didn't happen by accident. You mm-hmm. know what happened? Because you... Kind of teach them yeah. that way. Yeah, like taking them to the grocery store, um, just grabbing everything. Can I buy this? Can I have this? Can I have this? No, no, no. Right. But in teaching them those moments, because like you said, they don't know. You have to teach them. You right. have to guide them. And um, like one time, <clears throat> my wife and I, Courtney, went to uh, Walmart, and the two kids were acting up. And at, when we got out to the car, they said, hey, we're going to, we were going to get ice cream, but now we're not. Right. I said, well, we're still going to get ice cream. Right. But the two are not. Right. Because we felt Benjamin was good. Right. He should right. not be punished with them. Right. So w- it was a great learning point. Like, wow, we messed that one up. Right. So it was, it was good to, for them to understand that they're, but you shouldn't be doing this for the ice cream. You right. should be doing this t- as a way to just right. respect your parents and, Well, you bring up a great point, too. I mean, they can't be grabbing everything. If you teach your kid that every time you ask for something, they get it, you're not teaching them to wait or to have patience. And Mm -hmm. you're letting them know whatever you want, you can have. That's not life. Mm -hmm. You can't have what you want every time you want it. So teaching them the discipline and more what life is really all about, I think is important to not every time I want to stick a gum, every time I want, yeah, every time I go to the store, I'm going to buy you something. Mm -hmm. Now that might be a grandparent role. (laughs) Like maybe I'll do that. But as a parent, that's not the role that I would do because you want to teach your kids that no, we're, you don't get what you want. It's not real. Every time you want. Another thing we did when we were raising children too, is I didn't pay you to work for me. 
In other words, yeah. if you went and pulled weeds, I'm not paying you for this. You're doing this because you're part of the household, not because mm-hmm. you're here to get money and I'm going to pay you a dime for every or a penny for every weed you pull. I was like, you're going to pull weeds because we're all going to eat yes. out this garden. And this part of being the family, we have to do it and we have to do it together. So there's always more that togetherness aspect of mm-hmm. it. Yeah, and, and I, I got that a lot with growing up because um, my dad, I started working at a very young age. I started working around eight years old. And when I, on Fridays, when the trucks would pull in, dad would say, all right, get the buckets and soap. Right. And m- me and my sister would go out there and just start scrubbing. And, right. and it was a good learning experience right. because he taught us hard work. He taught right. us, even though we didn't want to do it, it's a good work ethic that he pushed and built into us, which was great because it reaped great harvest. Oh, absolutely. On. And I think that's setting an example too. Yes. I mean, you have expectations, but he was a hard worker and you yes. got to see that as well, which I think is really important. But I have uh, more reasoning in times. You know, like my wife, actually, there's some children running in the church uh, the other day. And uh, I don't want to tell you who they are because we'll put their pictures up on the screen. <laughs> but uh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> But she sat down because she knows them from teaching and adventure club and things like that. And she sat them all three down and said, listen, I don't want you running because of elderly people. You know, Mm -hmm. we don't, they might try to stop real fast because they think you're going to run into them and they might trip and fall. And we don't want that. So in here through the narthex, I just want you to walk. And they said, okay. And they walk, but they understand, you know, there's a reason for it. And somebody asked me actually, do I care if the kids run around? I'm like, do I care if the children run around in a gym after church? No. Do I care when they're hanging out in the one South hallway? No, I don't. You know, I've seen balls mm-hmm. whiz by my head and things like that. When I'm walking to my office, I've always been amused by it. I'm glad the kids are here and I'm glad yes. they're having a good time. But if there were elderly people or there's somebody yes. they might hurt to be a little bit nervous about it, then I think that would be another thing. But there has to be these expectations. Like for me, we're going to go to church. There's mm-hmm. never even question. Like that was never this thing where every Sunday morning we had this big discussion. Are we going to go to church today? Do I have to go to church today? Yeah, no. It wasn't even a conversation. I mean, we all went to church. That's what you did. I mean, that mm-hmm. was the expectation. So it wasn't a wheel I had to reinvent every single week. Uh, you're going to listen to me, which is one of the things I already talked about. Uh, sitting at the table the entire time till dinner was done and everyone was done. It wasn't like one kid could eat three minutes later. He's out playing with his toy. Yes. He's out in the sandbox. No, we're all going to sit here together. And when we're all done, mm-hmm. then we'll leave. And the reason for that is you take your kids to a restaurant, yes. they get done in three minutes. What do they think? Oh, it's time for me to get up and play. You don't mm-hmm. want to teach them for that. You want to teach them if you're over someone's house, if you're out to dinner, everyone's going to sit at the table until we're all done. Yeah. And then they get used to it. But again, they're going to go as far as your expectations. That's, that's exactly it. Right. And setting those expectations and letting, making sure they know those expectations. Right. Because right. you don't want them to just be guessing well you're gonna have expectations for sure because the guarantee as a parent you have expectations about kids picking up toys or children Mm -hmm. like we'd have our children pick up toys if you left them all over the ground i was going to take them i told my daughter one day i said i'm going to come back in five hours from now four or five hours whatever's on the floor i own so if you want to still own it didn't take me seriously thought i was kidding around i came Mm -hmm. home i picked everything up I made four to 500 bucks off of what I sold. <laughs> and that was a lesson. Do you know yeah. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Well, I don't care. I don't care what you do with it. I'm like, okay. And there were a couple of things that were important to her that I stashed away that I didn't sell for future days. But I looked at it and like, this is a learning lesson. I've told you and told you and told you and told mm-hmm. you. I'm not here. I'm not, after a while, I'm not talking about this anymore. Like you need to do it. Yeah. And that's my expectation. And then that, 
became a little clearer. Uh, kids, when they had toys around, I'd put kids, I'd put it in toy jail, and I tell them your toys in jail, and mm-hmm. it's not getting out until this day or what have you because you left it all over the floor. So then they would know dad's expectation is we shouldn't have stuff laying around. So again, that's up to you as a parent to set that. And you're not being mean. No. I mean, I did lots of nice, loving things with my kids, but when I talk, I'm not here to just yes. talk to hear myself talk. You know, what I mean, yeah. I'm I'm asking you to do reasonable things, and I expect you to do it. Yeah, and I think a important thing is is to make sure that you're not giving empty demands. Right. Where you're where you tell them, hey, if you don't pick up your toys, anything on the floor, I'm going to throw away or put right. in a garbage bag, sell whatever you end up doing, right. and. You, you, whatever you say, you must follow through. That's uh, very 100% important. agreed. Because if you, because eventually that kid's going to mean mom, dad's words, they don't mean nothing. Right. They, and you don't want that. No, you have to be consistent in yes. whatever you say. I was never one to make idle threats. I was never the parent yes. that Santa's not coming this year if you kids don't get it together because I was realized that's an idle threat. I'm not going to tell them they're not going to get Christmas presents. I'm never yes. going to follow through on that. I would only tell them things that I meant and I was serious about, but they had this one bat. They left in the yard. I had to get off the mower all the time and move this little, little, this is just a little toy bat. They liked about rocks and stuff around with it. It was in the yard every time I mowed. I got off the mower one day. I won that bat across the yard and I said, you know what? I'm going to go get that bat. So I went and got the bat and I put it, and they loved that bat. That was like their, their favorite little thing to play with, I think, at the time. And so I said, it's in toy jail. And I'll tell you what, when you give me five bucks, you can have it back. They go, but we don't have five bucks, Dad. I said, that's okay, because I'm going to give you a chance to earn it. I made them go sweep stuff, weed stuff, and whatever. And when they did enough to get that five bucks, whatever it decided to be, I gave them their bat back. I never saw it in the yard again. Yeah, That was they, the last time I ever they, picked it they up. They learned. They learned. They right? learned quick. They learned. So sometimes you have to do that. I think mm-hmm. another thing is important, okay? So that's train them up and set expectations, and you're going to have some discipline in there. But having a family hub, and I would talk to a, a guy – and he was a great guy to talk to, a successful businessman, had been a pilot in World War II, and just fascinating. But he told me, he said, look, always have a hub for your family. He said, for us, it was water skiing. For you, it's probably not going to be that. But whatever it is, have something your family does together. Mm-hmm. And I took it to heart. And so we made yard sailing something our family did together for years and years and years. But at least we had a hub. Like we had something to bound us together that we all did it together. So mm-hmm. mom, dad, kids, everyone oh. went and looked for stuff. Everyone participated at times like we would go to flea markets to sell stuff. They'd have their own little table and they'd be selling their own stuff that they had bought. And they loved that. You know, I mean, I'm sure they'll have memories for the rest mm-hmm. of their life of doing these kind of things. It doesn't matter. And you don't have to do that. But there's just got to be something that something that brings you together. Yeah, I, I thought it was great advice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that bringing it together. And because, and, like you said, they'll have those examples and memories. And, right. and even through that, there's a lot of learning moments that they're learning how to interact with people, how like with the yard sailing and, and not to touch certain things and not to always like in the store. And there's a lot of things. They taught us too, Bradley, to you can't circle your life around your kids per se. They need to come into your life. I was a picker, a buyer and seller. And I went to yard sales before my children were born. I mean, my wife and I did it from the time we were first married. I was doing this stuff in college even. So then coming into my life, they entered into my world. Mm-hmm. And I took them to do the things that I was interested in doing. Mm-hmm. And so they learned those things. The one, the one, well, now that she's an adult will call me, hey, dad, do you want to go to the flea market with me? And some of my picking is actually because she wants to go. 
So yeah. she'll call me and say, hey, dad, you know, I'd love to go to this yard sale, this community sale. You want to go? Yeah, I'll go with you. Sure, absolutely. You know, Jerry and I will go and, you know, we, we have fun with it. But it was something they were used to and something that we did together. And so I always thought it was important to have that thing. And it was what helped us too a lot. The American pickers were really popular yeah. at that time. Yeah. We were the cross country. We went a card that said cross country pickers. So to them to be a picker was like really had notoriety yes. because of big show that was super popular. They were out picking, we were out picking. So I think that helped mm -hmm. with it too, actually, yeah. but to make it seem yeah. like it was a, you know, a cool thing, yeah, to, cool thing to thing to for them. Yeah. And the other one too, I think we've, we've alluded to is just setting the example. So we have, you know, raising your children, we'll train them up, set expectations, have a family hub, and then set the example because you're not, how are your kids going to go past you? Right. Yeah. You, they're going to go as far as your bar is set. Right. If you're always sitting on the couch, if you're always looking at your phone, that's one thing I, I really try to strive on is most, it's more caught than taught. And you always have to right. remember that. And whatever you're doing, if you're out working, hey, come outside with me. Right. And always involving them with that and, and not leaving them to their own device. Of You, you don't realize sometimes how much you look at a phone. Mm -hmm. Like having a grandson, like from the time he's born, the first time he's with me and I'm, I have my phone there and I'm thinking to myself, I don't want this kid to see existence as I'm always looking at my phone. Yeah. I'll get out yeah. take pictures of him and mm -hmm. stuff, but I want that. No, mm -hmm. when I'm, he's with grandpa, grandpa's mm -hmm. not paying attention to his phone. Like grandpa's yeah. actually paying attention to him. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. Cause most people that are, um, that will call me or text me on Saturday, they'll, they'll realize that Saturday is probably the hardest day to get right. a hold of me because right. I just, leave my phone and I just do stuff around the house, enjoying right. the time with the kids. And there's me Make sure. calling you last yes. Saturday. Yep, yep. <laughs> I yep. did appreciate you calling yep. back because I have a question yep. that was a, exactly. a great question for you. And you called me back, but I was cool with it if you didn't, because mm -hmm. I already know. I'm like, well, you know what? He might not have his phone around him. He might be spending time with his yep. kids and that's okay. I have a question. If you and I did appreciate you calling me back and mm -hmm. saying, Hey, if you have any other questions, you know, just get hold of me and I'll, yeah. You know, respond to it because planting a tree, you're yep. a tree guy. Yep. You've gone to school for some of these things. Like, you know a lot about it. So, yeah, it was good to have that reference to say, hey, how do I handle this exactly? Like, mm -hmm. what about this? And so, yeah, I appreciate it to help. But I would respect the not too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I knew when I didn't get hold of you, I'm like, hey, this is cool. And he, Mark's the same way. I mean, sometimes you might get hold of Mark if I have to text him or I'm thinking about something. I know that I might hear back from him the next morning. He may not see it because he's at home and he puts his phone down mm -hmm. and that's cool. And I, I respect that. So, but anyway, setting the example too, uh, one of the things I always try to teach my kids is that hard work and success go hand in hand. You can't, you can't expect things to go well and you're not willing to work at it. Mm -hmm. Things go well when you work at it. And typically if you have, and this is true of anything, if, if I go down the road and I see a garden, it looks great. Somebody spent time, like it didn't just like, oh yes. man, their, their, their soil is just a lot better than mine because it doesn't grow weeds. <laughs> a good marriage, same way, by the way. Mm -hmm. A good marriage, if it looks good, it looks good because you put time into it. Yes. Nice looking house, nice looking because you put time into it. So I didn't want to teach my kids that things just come to you. Mm -hmm. You know, I always wanted to teach them hard work and success go hand in hand. And that's biblical. Yes. That's Proverbs. Go look at the wisdom. You got to be willing to work hard. But I had to set that example too, which I did. And my children thanked mm -hmm. me for it actually in this day. It's like, well, dad, you said such a good example of working hard. And, mm -hmm. and we feel like we've gotten that from you, mom, and you guys worked hard and we worked hard. Well, guess what? I saw it with my dad. 
Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And my granddad before him. I mean, these people were just, I just come from a family of that blue collar mentality. They just work. You know? Setting so, an example. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's, that's just like I was talking about with when the trucks would show up. Yeah. At eight years old, I didn't want to wash trucks. Right. But it was also good. Right. Because it taught me hard work. It taught me dedication. And also, we you talked about not uh, paying your kids to pull weeds and things. But I got paid for that because that was an actual job for the company. Right. And right. But, I think that's But it different. also, but it showed me that, oh, I get money now. And then when I would go to the store, if I would want something, my parents would also guide me like, well, don't blow it all. Like, think about, like, don't just right. spend it on candy. And it helped in so many aspects that gets you ready for Life. adulthood. Oh, I yeah. agree. I mean, when I used to work for my dad and pump gas, he gave me money for that, too, when I was a kid. And I yeah. and I loved it. I appreciate it. But I was, like you said, I yeah. was working at 12 yeah. years old or what, 10, 11, whatever I was, mm-hmm. at his business, at his gas station. So that was yeah. part of remuneration. But there were plenty of things, too, that we did to give. Oh, yeah. You know, well, because... Like, you're not paying rent, so what are you doing to live in that home? Yeah, I mean, there are stories for another day, but I mean, yeah, the yeah. way that I grew up was uh, hard times and tough days and no yeah. money and everyone worked. Like, everyone mm-hmm. worked to keep the family going. Yeah. And that's just how I grew up. And that was, you're, you're responsible, you have to be responsible. I love responsibility. You've had it from a young age. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm yeah. saying? It's just kind of, it, it gets inbred in you. But one thing I'll say before we close this show is just, even with alcohol, I, I try to encourage parents, if you don't want your kids to drink, don't drink. Mm-hmm. But if you drink, they're going to drink. And one of the big bugaboos, when I, so I've, I worked with teens for 17 years, and one of the things I saw could be really a hang-up is getting involved with alcohol. I don't want my kids doing that. I'm like, well, the only way they're not going to do it is if I don't do it. Mm-hmm. It's just that simple. So I just chose not to do it because I didn't want them doing it. Mm-hmm. I wasn't about to do stuff that I don't want my kids doing because if mm-hmm. I do it, they're going to do it. Exactly. So if I don't want them doing it as they get older, then I can't be doing it. So it's mm-hmm. just, a, to me, is a very logical way of thinking. And you can take alcohol, you can take anything, honesty and being faithful to your spouse. And what do you want your kids to be mm-hmm. like? Now go be that person. We appreciate you tuning in and listening to the show. Bradley, thanks for helping me out. Yeah. Uh, his first yeah. podcast with us, actually. So, yeah. you know, it's exciting to have you here. <laughs> yeah, I no, really do appreciate it. So have an awesome and a blessed week. Yes.